Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What's up, everyone? Thanks for joining us here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Appreciate all of you joining us live here on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel with the guy who is hotter in the NBA than anyone else on this planet. It's Drew Dunsberg, and I'm your host, Sarah Perlman. Uh, coming up on today's show, Drew and I are going to discuss which teams are willing to back to win the AFC after prices kind of shifted overnight following that Patriots win last night over the Buffalo Bills. And it's college bowl season, so Eric Froton coming by to break down where he sees value on the board. Definitely something you want to bet early before the line shift. We also have our best bets with Edge of the Day. So much more coming up here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Listen, I want to start handicapping the NBA like you when I grow up, and I'm getting older. <laughs> we're going to break down the NBA later. I'm learning tricks of the trade here from Drew, but we begin not in the NBA, rather in the NFL. Three pass attempts last night, Drew. That's all it took to really solidify our rookie of the year in Mac Jones. But overall, last night, the weather was crazy. Bill Belichick certainly kind of figured out the way to have four or five plays in there and run the ball down the Buffalo Bills defense throats. And they got the victory, and that's huge because right now, Drew, I look at the odds um, to win the AFC, and it's Kansas City now, Buffalo plus 450, then New England plus 500. Prior to last night, the Patriots were plus 550. So a little bit of money now has probably shifted in the win last night to the Patriots, who have the one seed, who have the one seed. So I leave it to you. We look at the futures market for the AFC. Do you own a Patriots ticket? And if not, are you buying one today? I have not gotten involved with the Patriots at all in the futures market, despite all of the jokes we've made on this show on Blitzing the Board about Patriots Bucks Super Bowl. I'm it feels it feels more real than ever right now. I'll tell you, but there's been you know there's in okay, I guess as we step back and we talk about the Patriots' mm-hmm. chances to win the AFC overall. In my opinion, it relies entirely on them getting the one seed because that means number one, you get the bye week one while all of these other teams duke it out wild card weekend and three of them get eliminated. And then you get to host two games potentially at Foxborough. People have to come through you. You're not putting your rookie quarterback in a position where he has to go win games on the road. I do not see Mac Jones being able to accomplish the latter. The former, it's possible. I mean, the defense is certainly playing with enough confidence and they're healthy uh, and they're schemed well. And, uh, you know, the offensive line is winning their 1v1s as we saw last night against the Buffalo Bills. That was a 
throwback. Actually, that was a good preview of the Army Navy game we're going to get in college football. I feel like this weekend, but uh, in general, um, you know, the Patriots have proven that they can win a certain way, and uh, they have the roster and the health to be able to do it. They're seven game win streak right now. They're at the top of the AFC. However, they do their next two contests after their bye this week are Colts Bills. Colts and Bills are both very real opponents still. Bills, obviously, ball bounces a little bit differently. Stefan Diggs doesn't drop the ball. It hits him on the arm in the end zone. Uh, you know, the Bills probably win that game. Uh, and similarly, the Colts are peaking right now as far as their, you know, they, similar style of play, offensively especially, and they're doing it even better than the Patriots are doing. So uh, those are going to be two tough outs, and I can see the Patriots slipping up here. I guess I would be surprised if they can continue this winning through the rest of their schedule. It's not an especially tough schedule, but certainly these next two games are going to be a huge test. And then they round out their season with the Jaguars and the Dolphins. Jaguars looks like a relatively comfortable win at home, especially in mm-hmm. the cold weather of Foxborough. But the Dolphins is going to be a tough test as well they lost to the dolphins obviously week one dolphins are playing much more competitive football lately so ultimately i think the patriots probably do still make this playoff field but i could see them slipping out of the one seed which is really where they need to be if they expect to win the afc overall which means the door is open for someone else the question is who and i feel like we can ask that question for almost every division in the super bowl who mvp market who there's a lot of questions we have in the nfl this season by the way new england right now actually plus 325 so certainly has shifted over the last couple of hours over at points bet in terms of winning the afc you talked a lot over the past few weeks through just about a rookie quarterback going deep into the playoffs and that is something yeah. that that resonates because it's so difficult to do. I'm actually buying in on the New England Patriots. I watched them last night, obviously a difficult win to kind of dissect. And a lot is going to be told about this team down the stretch. As you just mentioned, their schedule, it is going to be tough. You're right. They have the bye week. They play the Colts, the uh, the Bills, the Jaguars, and the Dolphins. Certainly winnable games in there. But I think Bill Belichick has this team playing with so much confidence and their defense has looked outstanding. And I think if their defense continues to play the way they do week in and week out, This team has a legitimate shot. Maybe I'm being optimistic because I want more than anything Tom Brady to meet Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl against (laughs) Mac Jones. But I was watching the Manning cast last night, and there were a few things that stood out to me. Curious to get your thoughts here. Peyton Manning was talking about trying to get a hold of Mac Jones, and people probably listening thought, okay, Mac Jones couldn't do the interview. The PR was kind of protecting him if you were watching it. And Mac Jones only checks his phone once a week or during the weekend because he's distracted. There were certain things that stood out to me that I thought, Bill Belichick is putting this player in a ridiculous light to succeed, you know, kind of protecting him from all the noise, all the media and and everything like that that comes comes along with being a rookie quarterback in tough situations. So for those reasons, it kind of convinced me he has him playing really good football, smart football, obviously free pass attempts, not a game for a quarterback yesterday by any means, but just the way I was listening to the Manning cast and how they're protecting Mac Jones as a quarterback. I'm a believer in this team and it's hard to fade playoff bill. Yeah, it is. And it, you know, he obviously he prepares his team to for their their specific opponent on a given week better than anyone else in the NFL. And it's not close. And I think mm-hmm. we've seen that bear out a number of times already this season. And I look at last night's game and I wonder, you know, did they go in with a run only approach because they were trying to protect Mac Jones? 
or they literally just said, you know, hey, this is our plan A. If it works, then then great. <laughs> if it if it doesn't, well, we'll see what Mac can do. Um, but to a degree, I do think that there was a, some just in general a philosophy that they did not want to learn the hard way that Mac Jones was not ready to play in the winter weather conditions. Right? They, they were like, well, well let's uh, let's not you know plant the seed of uh, of lack of confidence in this young man's head right. that he can't get it done in these conditions, and we're gonna just take the ball out of his hands and do it that way. But ultimately, as we look across the board in the AFC. Every one of these teams has fatal flaws. There's no denying it. Even the team at the top, the Kansas City Chiefs, their offense, if they are up against a cover two defensive system, they it's look trouble. horrific, horrific. They can only really succeed offensively when they're going up against base defensive packages, which, by the way, they are this week against the Raiders again. But, you know, this Kansas City team is going to find some lumps in the playoffs going up against some of these other very difficult defenses. Similarly, Buffalo now has faced three decent rushing attacks so far this season in Tennessee, Indianapolis, and New England. All three of them have run the ball down their throats. So I think we can faithfully expect that Buffalo will run into trouble at some point in these playoffs. Baltimore has not been playing good offensive football right now. Lamar Jackson is not playing confident football on top of the fact that their defense now missing their best player in Marlon Humphrey. I think they are a write-off. In fact, I think they might not make the playoff field. Uh, Tennessee Titans, a lot of people are kind of looking at them like, well, they could just hang around. Their schedule's easy. Derrick Henry can come back. No. Rule it out. Tennessee Titans, Mike Brable, they're going to make a mistake and accumulate in the playoffs. Scratch them. Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert's playing amazing football. He's never done it in the playoffs before in his career. He will stumble at some point. Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, he has never played in a playoff game in his career. He will stumble at some point. I think you can scratch Cincinnati. Indianapolis Colts. They're on the outside looking in. 20 to 1 on the outside looking in. But let's talk about this for a second. So, Mm -hmm. do the Colts have the type of team that can go on the road and win in the playoffs? I would answer that with a resounding yes. They have, in fact, I honestly, I like this Colts team and the way they're rostered on the road better than I like them in the dome. You know, realistically, this is a team that's going to be able to go out and do exactly what we saw the Patriots do last night against Buffalo. They did it even better against the same team in the same venue, in the same hostile environment. Uh, This Indianapolis Colts team is a nightmare to face. And uh, realistically, uh, I have them circled against the Patriots also coming off of their bye. That's going to be a great one. That is a Saturday night primetime game, December 18th. You know, assuming that you you can sneak out of your holiday party early, uh, you're going to be able to watch some awesome, awesome football there. I love, love, love the Colts in this spot. Colts obviously have this game circled. Colts get a win there. They move into the playoff picture. uh, And then they round out their season with a tough test against the Cardinals, a tough one against the Raiders, and then a relatively soft finale against the Jaguars. So ultimately, I think the Colts sneak in as a wild card team. And realistically, I I love their matchup against every one of these teams, especially if they had to go outside, if they got to go through some cold weather, they have the roster to do it. I think they're the only bet on the board right now at 21. Yeah, 20 to 1, certainly a large number for the way this team is rostered. I am in agreement. I'll be curious to see how they match up with this Patriots, both of them coming off of a bye for that Saturday, not this Saturday, but the following on the 18th, as you mentioned. Um, At 20 to 1, they're definitely worth a shot, but I don't know. Maybe it's myself wanting Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, as I said, but I certainly think 
maybe if you don't like them at plus 325, wait until this Colts game kind of shakes out as Drew likes possibly the Colts in that one and see where the Patriots fall. Maybe then you could jump on. We are headed down the backstretch of the NFL season, and the NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, has you covered with Sunday Night 7. We're giving you a shot to win $1 million every Sunday night throughout the rest of the regular season. It's free and easy to play. So predict what will happen between the Bears and Packers for a chance to win. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com predictor. Now, not only can you win $1 million on the NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet with Sunday Night 7, but another $25,000 is up for grabs by making your picks for the People's Choice Awards. The awards air on NBC and E tonight at 7 p.m. So download the Predictor app from your app store and be sure to get involved in the People's Choice Awards. You know, I took some time looking through on the Predictor app what we can get involved in for the People's Choice Awards. And yeah. one of the categories, Drew, is binge-worthy show of 2021. Yeah. And there was one that stood out to me, Mayor of Easttown. Ooh, that's a good one. And I honestly, that's that was the best television that I saw it's this incredible. last calendar year. Is it more binge worthy than the likes of a Squid Game though? Squid Game really felt like it kind of captured the uh, you know the did the, you watch um, Squid the Game? popular no, <laughs> but, but it was very very popular. A lot of people did. Uh, and this is the People's Choice Awards. We got to handicap this like we're gonna get some winners, Sarah. We don't just because we liked Mayor of Easttown doesn't mean everyone. It, that was on HBO. That's a uh, a level that may not capture the uh, all of the people's choice audience. We are whereas Squid compared Game to really, Netflix. Uh, yeah, compared to I mean, Netflix, you bring up right? you bring up a lot of good points as we get ready for the Predictor app and People's Choice Awards. I'm thinking from you know my individual perspective here, it was Mayor Beastown, but Squid Games. I think you're right. Probably is going to win. I watched one episode of Squid Game, and I know it took you know a ton of effort, and people loved the show, and it was so well done. Drew, true story. Yeah. I was so sick watching the first episode. I was so disturbed. I gave it up. I gave it up. <laughs> I seriously went to bed feeling sick. It is dark. This is the thing. You got it's it. It's darker than it, Damian Harris getting over his rushing yards in the first quarter, in the first minute, rather. So, so here's the secret. When it comes to handicapping awards markets, it's all about understanding the voting block. And if this were the Emmys and we were awarding truly the best television, Mayor of Easttown, Runaway. I mean, not only do you have an A plus, you know, AAA list movie star in uh, Kate Winslet leading the charge there, but you know, a nice limited series, uh, a, a story that really had a just a perfect arc. That's going to be your Emmy winner. Uh, you know, People's Choice Awards for binge worthy show. I mean, if that's not if that doesn't scream to you Squid Game, then uh, I think you got to go back to the drawing board on your handicap. I got to reevaluate my handicap for the People's Choice Awards. Um, if you haven't seen Luca, by the way, which is up for an award in general for best family movie, do so. It is incredible. It resonates with adults and children. It was so cute. So I recommend that for parents or non-parents like myself. I just want a nice family-friendly movie after you watch an episode of Squid Game and you feel very sick and dark <laughs> after finishing it. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's talk some college football here. We welcome in Eric Roton. Take a break from the People's Choice Awards for just a second. And we're super excited to talk about bowl games here. Excuse me. And the first bowl game of the season takes place next Friday. And that's going to be the Bahamas Bowl, where Drew Parks' yacht, Toledo, first middle Tennessee <laughs> State. And uh, looking at the total, relatively high total here, 53. Toledo's laying 10 points right now. And it does make sense. They ended on a really solid note at the end of the season. They won four out of their last five games. Their offense put up 34 points, it seems like, in all of those five games. So this is a fun one to attack. And typically for these bowl games, there's so much time to get ready. We see a lot of line movement between now and the game and over a week away. So, Eric, how are you attacking this first bowl game of the college football season? Well, first off, I mean, the Bahamas is over there on the East Coast. So that is a long sail for Drew to get his yacht there from Southern California, if I'm correct Been there in my for logistics. Years, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, fortunately, we do have this game in the Bahamas, which means nice weather, you know, and we like that because I am on the over for this game, 53 and a half. And the uh, reason why is, as you mentioned, Toledo has had a nice little end stretch to the year. Their offense is balanced behind Daquan Finn, their quarterback, averaging 261 passing yards per game. And boasts one of the best rushing offenses in the nation between uh, Kentucky transfer, who's a four-star recruit, Brian Kobach, they're averaging 195 yards a game and 5.3 yards per carry. So they've been able to impose their will on other teams. And this is an offense that scores 34 points per game on average, while their defense has allowed 22 points in four of their last six while hitting the over in four of their last five. So we've seen a propensity for them to score and allow points. And that's, a, you know, playing against a Middle Tennessee team that has scored 27 or more points in six of their last nine games while averaging 30 points per game on the year. And a lot of that has to do with a fast-paced offense behind their offensive coordinator, Brent Deerman, that uh, is pass-oriented. They run 70 plays per game. And they have a pass defense that allows 258 passing yards per game. So I think we see an aerial assault. We're not going to have the sort of inclement weather that we saw in the game last night with between Buffalo and New England. So I think uh, Middle Tennessee could score enough to keep the Rockets really keeping their foot on the pedal. And uh, I like the over 53 and a half here in this game. Okay. Well, that was an excellent handicap and you have me sold, except again, as a regular Marinesman uh, in the, uh, in the, in the Bahamas in December, it can get a little windy. So I would say just keep an eye on your wind charts there. I mean, not like windward islands, like St. Vincent and the Grenadines kind of a winds that time of year, but it can get windy sometimes in the Bahamas. So uh, definitely Bahamas Marines men talking about the Bahamas. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Maybe I mean, runs the America's cup here when it comes to sailing <laughs> Drew. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, you, you, if you, if you don't know about the winds potentially in the, uh, in the Caribbean, in the, 
in the yeah. December. Are you even a yachtsman? Uh, it's it's, it's <laughs> tough to it's tough to ask. Um, question. I, I'm curious about your take on a couple of these other bowls, though. Let's keep moving here. I'm curious. The Lending Tree Bowl between Liberty and Eastern Michigan was one that popped off the page to me because I watched plenty of Mac this year. You know who was not impressive? Eastern Michigan and Liberty. Of course, they struggled, kind of stumbled down the stretch a little bit. A team that was expected to maybe achieve a little bit more this year didn't really put up quite the record we were expecting, particularly against the spread. Is this uh, a chance for Liberty to kind of, you know, leave leave their season with a, a a solid feeling, a solid win here, or does Eastern Michigan have a shot here as the dog? Sure. Well, it started out at, pl- at minus seven and a half. Liberty has now gone up to minus eight and a half, so it shows kind of which way the Bahama winds are blowing, Drew. But uh, yeah. if I had to, you know, take a look at that as well, I've gotten to watch a pretty good amount of action just in my duties here at NBC Sports Edge, and I did get to watch the Eastern Michigan. Like you said, fairly underwhelming team when it comes to their defense, 107th in yards per play, fourth worst in the nation with a 51% success rate against. They give up a lot of big plays, but they do have a fairly efficient red zone offense that averages two and a half points per drive when they get in there. So, you know, respect given where it's due offensively. Problem is, I don't think they can keep Liberty under wraps, you know. They have a pretty underrated defense as well, do the Flames, 12th in yards per play allowed, 27th in suppressing big plays, and 23rd overall against the pass. And against Eastern Michigan, you know, that's really what they want to do behind Cincinnati transfer Ben Bryant. Now, Liberty's offense, we we know what we're getting into with them. Malik Willis, uh, legitimate first-round prospect. They rank 35th in big play rate, average 8.3 yards per pass attempt. But, you know, if there's anything you can really say about Malik Willis, he does struggle to to throw when on the move. He prefers to run when pressured because he really does have that Lamar Jackson-esque ability to escape, leads the nation in scrambles each of the past two years, uh, while also leading the country in sacks allowed. So he's an explosive player, not as consistent as we'd like to see, you know, from an NFL level. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the post-draft postseason draft evaluation process but you know the last three games they've all lost to quality opponents Ole Miss Army Louisiana all bowl teams you know what I mean so these are some in terms of quality of opponents has to be balanced out Liberty's trying to really punch up while their records are similar I just think the fact that Liberty has had such a tougher road than Eastern Michigan and has looked better against better opponents than Eastern Michigan has against the MAC. I feel pretty strongly about Liberty being able to blow some big plays open and taking out Eastern Michigan. Yeah, just looking right now, a lot of the money at points that has come in on the side you like with Liberty. 88% of the handle coming in on uh, Liberty for this one. Now, there's a game that I've seen a lot of line movement on as of lately, and it's interesting because Hawaii is now in the Hawaii Bowl and kind of in Honolulu, so a little bit of a home game for them. They won two of their last games, actually, to become bowl eligible. They're playing Memphis, and as of lately, Memphis has taken so much money. Three and a half was on the board, currently looking at Memphis minus five. How do we now handle this line movement if you do, in fact, like Memphis? Well, the reason why the line is moving is because uh, Hawaii's quarterback, Siobhan Cordero, who has been very good this year, owns a 82.6 PFF passing grade, entered the transfer portal last week. And that's a big problem because Hawaii is averaging 262 passing yards per game, just 142 rushing yards. They're an offense that wants to be able to sling the ball around a little bit And with their backup quarterback, Brendan Schrager, he actually was in when Cordero got injured for a few games. 
was dreadful, really. Two to five uh, touchdown interception ratio, 42.7 PFF passing grade. So you're looking at literally in terms of their grading, about half of the efficiency level that Cordero was playing at. And their defense has been very susceptible to the past 290 passing yards per game, which is what Memphis does well, you know, behind uh, a really good redshirt freshman quarterback in Seth Hennigan, who's really distinguished himself this year. And also an excellent tight end in Sean Dykes. Now, their top receiver, Calvin Austin, is a maybe. He may play, he may not, and just sort of go right into the draft evaluation process. But, you know, this is a, this is an offense averaging 30 points per game. Had a couple of big wins early in the year against Mississippi State and SMU. A couple of good programs, again, bowl eligible. And they had a tough stretch run against ECU and Houston, you know, which are another couple of bowl teams. Houston went to the AAC championship game against Cincinnati. So, uh, again, this is another case where they've had a tougher road. And since I was just in Hawaii last week, got back two days ago from Kauai, I can say that I don't think we'll have the same issues that we may have in the Bahamas in the passing game for Memphis. <laughs> uh, it was weather was lovely there the whole time. So uh, I'm optimistic. Eric. You were in Hawaii last week. Drew was in Hawaii two weeks ago. Yeah, in oh, fair, wow. in fairness, Kauai well, is, better, is, a, Hawaii, is a better destination. Kauai is, uh, yeah, that obviously you should. Yes, um, I have but, to take uh, time off. Yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll have to exchange some notes about what you did in Kauai because I'm curious. Did, were you on the north side, like the like the Princeville area, or was I was Poi, Poipu? I actually did two of them. I, I oh, stayed in Princeville. Oh, okay. I was there for two weeks. <laughs> Princeville for the first week. So nice. yeah, absolutely. In terms of Princeville, what I really liked is the the amount of beaches you have access to that are just there's nobody there. Yeah, and they're beautiful, spacious beaches. Uh, you know, you got the Puff the Magic Dragon Cave that I got to yep. check out. You can, obviously a destination you have to do mm-hmm. go. But then I did go down to Poipu for the second week, which is a little more tourist tourist oriented. I preferred Princeville for the serenity and the tranquility of the surroundings. Extra extra tips. This is this is as good <laughs> as it gets. One last tip I'd like to ask you for is a game that looks cool on paper can't really put my finger on which way to go here it is the srs distribution las vegas ball <laughs> between wisconsin and arizona state uh again on paper it looks like wisconsin should be a, the easy choice here they're a seven point favorite in general big 10 travels well plays well for the bowls do we expect that they get the better of this pac 10 team that is traveling a lot shorter distance in the spot well when you talk about illustrious bowls is the rose bowl there's a UFS and F and G sugar bowl. And then there is the, the SRS distribution bowl. That's you know, right. It's right there in succession. Uh, but when it comes to travel, like you mentioned, Wisconsin, man, they were red hot entering their last game against Minnesota when they unfortunately got stopped by the Gophers, but they had won seven in a row after a one and three start. And it really, you know, started just bowling teams over. Uh, and a lot of that has to do their defense second in the big 10 with 15 interceptions. And number one in the nation in both yards per play allowed and success rate defensively. I mean, this is a stout unit. But then offensively, you know, they, it's it's Wisconsin. There's nothing fancy. They have a, a talented quarterback who's had iffy results in Graham Mertz, but they want to just absolutely run you over behind Braylon Allen. 6'1", 225-pound true freshman. Rushed for over 100 yards a touchdown each of his previous seven games before they ran into the Gophers. And this is a team that avoids turnovers. And when it comes to turnovers, hey, Arizona State, look no further. Jaden Daniels, 11 turnovers, uh, second in the Pac-12 itself with nine interceptions. And with Arizona State, you know, if they're going to get any traction against this Wisconsin defense, 
the way they've usually been doing it is on the ground. They rank fifth in the nation in overall rushing performance, 76th in passing. However, the two top running backs, Reese White, already declared he is not playing. He is going to the NFL. It started the, the draft process. And Chip Trainum, who a four-star prospect, crown jewel of their 2020 recruiting class, has entered the portal. So they're going to have to lean on Daniel and Gata, who, while productive in, in limited uh, reps, you know, is still third string running back here. And they're going to have to really figure it out because this is a team that, you know, lost to Washington State, lost to BYU, Oregon State. The, I watched that entire game. They got blown off the ball by their defensive line of Oregon State. And then Utah, when they play these upper echelon teams that have been physical, you know, that, that are well coached, they've had a real hard time with it. I, I just simply can't see how Arizona State is going to be able to penetrate that Wisconsin defense and, and keep from making turnovers, which have costed them this year. So leaning under 43 on the total there, Eric. I would lean under on the total, and I like Wisconsin, minus seven. Yeah, I do like both of those sides. Seeing a little bit of split action, I'll be curious to kind of see both where the total and number ends up when this game uh, is on next thir- uh, Thursday, December 30th, rather. So a lot of time for the lines to move. So if you like a side or total now knowing who's declaring for the draft or en- entered the, the transfer portal, uh, take a look at those lines now. Eric, thanks for coming on all your insight, not only on college football and bowl season, but also on Hawaii and Kauai. I wrote down those notes as well in all sincerity. Thanks for being you gotta on. you got to bring it when you're dealing with Drew, you know, the, the global <laughs> traveler here, you know, of course. Thank you very I, much. You didn't even that. mention best part about principle. You're on the north side of the island, easy access to Honolulu Bay, Napoli Coast. That's where you want to be. Uh, you continue to impress me every time I'm on here, Drew. Well put, sir. For tips on college football and also where to go around the world, you can reach out to both of these guys. But Eric's on Twitter at CFFProton. And you can check out all of his insight for bowl season on NBCSportsEdge.com. Take care, Eric. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. If anyone's curious, and probably not, but I'll just tell you, Drew, if I were to be in a bowl game, someone said, hey, what bowl game do you want to go to? I'm going to the uh-huh. Hawaii Bowl. Mm. Then I'll go to Vegas. Yes, SRS Bowl. What about you? I mean, you? a Bombas Bowl, obviously. I mean, you mentioned it. My yacht's still there from the golf tournament a couple of weeks ago. It's, uh, and you, you know what the, the genius is? You go to the Bahamas Bowl right before Christmas Eve, and then you go to the Virgin Islands for New Year's. Virgin Islands wow. have just a spectacular New Year's celebration. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the plan. <laughs> You know, I joke that you have a guy for everything. You have a guy for rugby. <laughs> you have a guy for a random college football game internationally, for all I know. And you have a guy to tell us about where to travel around the world. This guy knows it all. All right, download the NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet. Enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we are highlighting matchups between the Cavs and Bulls, Knicks and Pacers, and Nuggets and Pelicans. If you don't have the Predictor app yet, Download it now. Let's stay in the discussion of the NBA here, where that's where we go with edge of the day. Last night, you know, I kind of joke, but I'm being sincere when I say you have given out winners in the NBA left and right on this show. And it's incredible what you've been able to do and take advantage of these rest spots and really finding the advantage on the hardwood. So I'll leave it to you to keep us here and give us your best play on the board in the NBA tonight, Drew. Yeah, as we go through the season, my handicap will change in the NBA, for sure. There will be points in the season where we'll say, look, you know, this is this, you know, the best way to attack is 
X, Y, and Z. And, you know, it, but for now where we are in the, in the balance of the season, a quarter of the way through uh, with imbalance of rest, it, that is still the macro factor that is mattering the most in terms of team performance, player performance. And tonight with the small slate of three games, there is only one that truly stands out in terms of a rest advantage. And that is our New York Knickerbockers taking on the San Antonio Spurs. And believe me, this is a tough one to make a case for the Knicks because I have been absolutely printing money backing the Spurs going on four games now. Uh, they had three outright wins as a dog. They covered last night against the Suns. They played hard last night. They played meaningful minutes. All of their starters, and by the way, this is a team that's dominated by starter performance. All of their starters were there at the end of the game really trying to close that margin. They ultimately lose the game to the Suns by, I think, four, and then now they fly home. I think the Knicks were actually in San Antonio before the Spurs got back. And so this is a nice spot here for the Knicks who are more rested, more well, um, you know, who, who are just just physically more prepared for this game. And oh, by the way, who are coming in in poor form and absolutely need a win to keep pace with the other teams in the Eastern Conference who continue to compile wins. Two tough losses at home back to back against the Bulls and the Nuggets for the Knicks coming off of a loss at the Nets. So they have lost three in a row now. And uh, this is a big one for them. I think two and a half is a slightly low spread for uh, a team in the New York Knicks that has a bench unit that should be able to absolutely dominate their their minutes uh, and has a slight advantage when the starters are on the floor. By my numbers, I think the Knicks win this one by about five points. So I laid the two and a half. You set the market, obviously, and you're getting market agreement on the side here. 84% of the handle coming in on the New York Knicks this morning over at PointsBet. If you actually want more action in the NBA uh, for tonight, specifically the Celtics-Lakers game, check out a handful of how our handicappers at NBC Sports Edge are attacking that game in our late sweat article that's up on NBCSportsEdge.com so you can have plays on both the Celtics-Lakers. And of course, you have the New York Knicks now laying two and a half in Drew's edge of the day. I'm taking us to Thursday night football. I found the total really intriguing, and we've certainly seen some movement here. It's the Steelers and Vikings, and I do like under 45. It's still available up at a few shops. Be sure to try to find that. It is coming down as we speak, looking at a lot of 44 and a halfs on the board. Fairly quickly, it's a short week, you guys. The Vikings just lost to the Lions, and the Steelers got kind of an interesting win over the Ravens. Both teams still actually battling for playoff spots, believe it or not. Now, what both teams are good at are, is actually getting to the quarterback. They rank first and second in the National Football League in team sacks. So this is why they're going to probably be forced to run the ball on top of both of these teams rank bottom 10 against the run. Now, whether it's Cook, maybe not, Billy Madison, and then, of course, Najee Harris, that's probably going to be the game plan for both of these teams, especially because Minnesota probably has no Adam Thielen, so you could really try to be sure to take out Justin Jefferson out of this game. I look at how the Steelers have done offensively. They put up 17 or fewer points this season six times on top of it all. Thursday night unders through something you always allude to when looking at totals and prime time on short weeks. They're 10 and three this season. Yeah. For all of these reasons, I'm going under Thursday night football. I'm getting it now before it continues to tick down with Pittsburgh and Minnesota. Yeah, I think you're on the right side here. I think that ultimately closes around 44. The uh, absence of Adam Thielen, which yeah. you mentioned is pretty much the key here because a dual threat wide receiver group against this Steelers team would do quite well. Uh, if it is only Justin Jefferson out there, however, you can make this team one dimensional and uh, really the Vikings not playing a lot of confidence right now offensively. So a uh, great look on the under.
Yeah, seeing 44 right now at points, but keep an eye on this. I got it 45. Nice. Hopefully, if you like the under, you can get involved before it continues to tick down. For Drew Densick, also known as the whale capper, the world traveler, the yacht owner, <laughs> NBA master, I'm just your host, Sarah Perlman. Thanks for being with us here today on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. For more content, analysis, and picks across the board, go to NBCSportsEdge.com just to continue to help you with your wagers throughout the day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel at 11 a.m. Take care. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.